Hi! Welcome to the CGB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, the Hats taking the briar by storm. Dynasty Curling takes me inside their production offices. They're trying to pump these out really as fast as people want to snap them up. Also on the show, Wes Darville, new member, but he's also an old member of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, rejoining the team, won two titles with them recently. And Kelly Moore sits down with Bernie Nichols, ahead of the St. Boniface Reels fundraising dinner. That's on the podcast. Anyone who's watched curling over the years can tell you how much the on-ice uniforms have changed. From heavy wool sweaters to bulky windbreakers, they were often unflattering and usually pretty boring in terms of colors. It's a lot of white. And hats? Rare as well, and you couldn't wear any brands, so it was kind of an afterthought. Then, the 2019 Scotties happened, a turning point where we may look back and say that's when uniforms and curling changed forever. That's because Manitoba-based Dynasty Curling, of which Mike McEwen lead Colin Hodgson is an owner of, has taken over. Hardly a speck of white, bright, vibrant colors, and phenomenal, unique emblems on the back to represent each province. BC, a sunrise, Alberta, a wild rose, and Manitoba, the classic stylized buffalo. Uh, I think, yeah, the uh, designer, Kevin Hurry, he does a great job with the jerseys, and I think this year we tried to step out of the comfort zone of Curling Canada a little bit and see how far that we could take it, and uh, they loved it, so I think we're going to get a little bit creative as the years go on, definitely. That's Dustin Asham, off-ice project manager for Dynasty and son of Farron Asham, another of the owners. Unlike almost any other sport, you can't really get jerseys to wear as a fan, though that's something Dynasty wants to change too. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely our goal is to change how people perceive curling uh, uniforms and even that, like hats, hoodies, everything. We're trying to get, make uh, curling cool and making it look cool, and I think we're doing a pretty good job at that. Part of that end game would be getting players to sign off on using their likeness and giving them a cut of sales. But while the jerseys were a big part of the story of the Scotties here in Brandon, there's a new layer to it. The hats. An instant hit when Manitoba took the ice, the gold buffalo on the black hat. Everyone wanted to know where they could get their hands on one. Did not anticipate this. Originally we made about 24 hats. Mostly it was just for Team McEwen and their family. And a select few fans just ordered them and then... It just exploded beyond our wildest dreams, basically. I guess in uh, years past, there's just been like those hats that just have the NO for Northern Ontario or the MB for Manitoba. So uh, us at Dynasty, we kind of just wanted to shake it up a bit, like we did with the uniforms. We shook up with the uniforms, and we decided that we'd uh, get creative with the hats as well. I'm speaking with Dustin at TriStar Printing in Brandon, where Dynasty has a quasi-pop-up shop with hats from most provinces and some hoodies, too. But the printing machines are working non-stop to pump out these Manitoba hats. Uh, as of Thursday morning, we're probably coming up at over 1,000 hats right now, 1,000 orders. So, yeah, probably between 1,000 and 1,500 hats in the past three days. Yeah, we're printing them. People are coming here and buying them right as they come off the machine. So we can't even really keep up at this moment. So what do the curlers think? Curlers love them. And, yeah, they're emailing me, telling me that all these people are asking them where to get the hats. So my email's been exploding. After we were done chatting in the back, I got Dustin to show me around the shop filled with big screen printing presses. Okay, so this is the uh, screen printing area. So this is Jose. He's our screen, in-house screen, screen printer. And uh, so right here we're making a bunch of Manitoba hoodies right now. It takes about like five minutes to make one hoodie. And then uh, as we step through here, we have the embroidery. So right here we have our in-house embroidery, Chuck, and... Uh, I had to recruit one of my buddies. This is Brett. He's uh, trimming the hats for us as they come off. And so, yeah, as like I said, as the hats are coming off, they're selling. So we got to 
Northern Ontario hat there, and the man in the lobby's waiting for it to finish up so I can give it to him. So how long does it take to make a hat then? Uh, it takes about 15 minutes for a hat to be done, and then give it to the trimmer, and Brett's a rookie at it, but he's getting pretty good at it now. So yeah, about 15 minutes per hat. we got Kaylee and Shannon working, and people are coming in, buying hats. So once the craziness of Briar Week is over, then what? Still going to sell the hats? Definitely. We'll definitely keep them for sale, and after the briar, we'll take a little breather, and then we'll uh, take the next step and definitely keep these for sale. And before I could leave, they asked me if I wanted to buy one myself. I mean, if there are any that are available for purchase, I'll take one. Sure. So we've got either the Richardson, which is a little bit more girth in here, and the flat brim, or you have the flex fits, which fit more like a like a, well, let me try a ball on. cap. Okay. Yeah. And that's the large, extra large. Yeah, so I that got, should I be got a big dome. <laughs> Feels good? Yeah, I like the, the ball cap. I'm just a woman giving her opinion. <laughs> yeah, it. looks I, tighter on you. Yeah. Now you can take a picture and post along. Yes. There you go. Winnipeg Gold Eyes recently announced the signing of Wes Darville, a key member of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes 2016 and 17 American Association Championship teams. Returning to Winnipeg for a third overall season, and Wes joins us now on the CJB Sports Show. Good evening, Wes, and welcome. Hey, hey, great to talk to you. So, uh, what made you want to come back to be a Gold Eye again? Oh man, I mean, um, I think I just love everything about the city. Um, obviously, it's a Canadian town. Um, being a ball player, grew up in Canada, never really had a chance to play. Uh, professionally in in Canada so I think that's one of the reasons um and just I think um the coaching staff the city um everything that goes into it um it's given me an opportunity obviously twice to uh continue playing my um you know my baseball career and uh, bring a couple championships there and I think I thought when affiliated ball wasn't really an option for me this year that Winnipeg was really the only place that I wanted to be so yeah you spent 2016 and 17 here 2018 you were your contract was purchased by the Dodgers so you spent all last year in the Dodgers organization how did that go it was good I mean um definitely a better baseball player for it um yeah I had I had some ups and downs um some injuries here and there um I sort of battled through but um yeah I think looking back on it there was a ton of positives um I actually we won a championship in double a with them so that's three years in a row um part of a championship team so um, tons of positives, um, really grew as a player, just a really first-class organization to be in as well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully maybe an opportunity can uh, <clears throat> open up down the road where I can um, join them again. But as right now, just focus on, um, you know, winning games with the Gold Eyes. So were you cheering for the Dodgers in the World Series then? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, actually, you got to play with some of those guys. Um, during the season. So, um, yeah, just really cool. Yeah, like like I said, just a great, great organization to be with and probably one of the best organizations, you know, maybe in all of sports, you know, that could be argued. So, um, yeah, lots of friends on the, on the major league team there, and it was a really great experience. You also reached AAA for the first time. What kind of level of ball was that compared to what you've seen in other leagues? Um, I guess the biggest thing I would say, is just those guys are really polished. Like they, um, you know, their craft is very finely tuned. They know what kind of baseball player they are, um, and they know they're really close to being in the major leagues. Um, so that's what I would say. Just, um, you know, those guys just know who they are as baseball players and know what they need to do 
um, to reach the major leagues, and they're just up there, you know, working on maybe a few little things they need to work on to to get to the major leagues. So you also played for Team Canada during the 2019 Pan Am Games qualifier in Brazil. How was that? Unbelievable, unbelievable experience. Um, yeah, obviously going to Brazil was um, a great time in its own right, but. Um, yeah, just playing with a bunch of Canadian guys again. Uh, it was a ton of fun. We accomplished our goal of reaching the um, Pan Am Games in the summer. So, um, yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was um, great coaching staff down there. You know, with, you're there with the likes of Larry Walker, um, obviously Greg Hamilton, Ernie Witt, um, lots of great players, Dalton Pompey's with the Blue Jays, Michael Saunders, who's been all over the place, another great player, Scott Richmond, Adam Lone. Um, you know, playing with some of the great players, in Canada and representing your country is something um, I'm extremely proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Wearing that maple leaf on your chest, uh, you know, growing up watching these players must be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are guys, you know, especially some of the older guys, you know, you look up to those guys when you're coming up. But um, And some of them I shared the field with or, you know, maybe have been on the other side um, throughout the years in the minor leagues, but pretty cool to just, uh, you know, assemble our squad and have all the Canadian guys together. I think, um, you know, we all bring just a ton of heart and a ton of passion when we play the game. And especially when we put the team Canada Jersey on, I think everything is just heightened that much more. So you're back with the gold eyes. You won two titles here when your two seasons with Winnipeg, how much do you think about those days and those championship series you had with Wichita? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think about him a lot, and I was actually talking to uh, Rick Forney, the manager, not long ago, and we were just talking about, um, you know, just reflecting on the few, on the seasons in the past, and, um, you know, we are just talking about how really, I don't think a lot of people, even ourselves, maybe realize how difficult um, it was to win two championships in a row, let alone just one of them. Um, I mean, in the league, there's a ton of great competition, and to come out on top and go through the ups and downs of the season and come out on top at the end, I think is uh, something that's really special. I don't even know um, if we can re- really realize how, how difficult that was to um, to do that. So, yeah, I mean, all those battles of Wichita, um, you know, it was just reflecting on it. It was a ton of fun and a ton of great memories with some great players and great teammates and, and obviously the fans of Winnipeg that showed us so much, so much support. And it was also a key role you played in what might be the greatest game ever played in the American Association, what eventually was a 17-inning win in Game 4 of that series. At one point, there was a, a balk that Wichita thought they'd won, and the balk happened. And just Does that game, do you agree that might be the greatest game played in this, this league? Yeah, I definitely think, especially with uh, what was at stake, um, it was probably the greatest game and, and <laughs> a ton of fun to be a part of. Um, but, yeah, because I was on second base when the balk happened, so um, I actually had the feeling of, um, you know, the whole game, you you know, you think we're going to make the comeback, we're going to win. And, um, you know, when they got that, they got the out on the balk, so I actually my heart fell in my chest because I thought we had lost. Um, so in that game, you know, I had so much emotions, so many emotions, uh, felt like I lost the game. I was walking back to the dugout and they start screaming, you know, uh, there was a balk, there's a balk, this goes on. And then I think whatever, one pitch, two pitches later, uh, Casey Churgeon hits that double and then emotions just go to the other side where we tie it up. And then 
And then, I mean, it's just drawn out, goes 17 innings, and we end up pulling up um, the victory and then winning it in game five the next night. But, yeah, I mean, just what a whirlwind and what a great time. So when are you going to be back in the city? Um, I usually get there a little bit early, so I should be back um, in Winnipeg um, end of April, early May, sometime in there. I haven't quite decided, but, yeah, I'll be there a few days early. Um, possibly a week just to get settled in and and get accustomed to everything again and um, yeah, just get it on the field. Lord willing, winter will be over by then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. All right, Wes, I appreciate your time tonight and welcome back to Winnipeg. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Former NHLer Bernie Nichols in Winnipeg tomorrow night as the special guest for that annual fundraising dinner. Our sports director, Kelly Moore, will be serving as the MC for that event at Canada's Polo Park. And Kelly also spoke with the man who was only one of eight players in the history of the NHL to score 70 or more goals in a single season. Bernie, uh, in advance of your visit to Winnipeg, we thought we would uh, uh, maybe give people a little bit of a sneak preview of some of the topics you may or may not be covering uh, tomorrow night at the dinner. But first off... Uh, we always like to start the conversation with uh, where are you and what have you been doing lately? Well, I'm in Vegas right now, uh, catching a plane here in uh, about an hour and a half. Uh, still doing a lot of charity hockey games, uh, trying to do some golf here. The weather hasn't been the best here, but uh, still doing uh, a lot of charity hockey games for sure. Bernie, you cannot complain about the weather in Vegas to people from that's Winnipeg. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Huh. Hey, hey, let me ask you, uh, at the charity hockey games, when you score a goal, are you still giving her the pumpernickel? Every now and then I might. Uh, I try to set the uh, other guys up more than me, but if I do, sometimes I get a little excited. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I everybody has their own celebration or their own way of reacting to goals. You know, some are more animated than others, but Bernie, I would suggest during your 18 year playing career in the national hockey league, there were very few who enjoyed scoring goals more than you did. Would that be accurate to say? Well, probably, uh, I showed it maybe more than others. Uh, I know everybody got excited to score. It's so tough to score in the NHL and, Uh, I enjoyed it. Obviously, I showed it maybe more than others, but uh, I promise you, for anybody who scores, it's a thrill. Even to this day, uh, guys get excited, and and rightly so they should, because it's not not the easiest thing to do to score, but uh, I absolutely enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, especially for a guy who, uh, let's face it, when you get to the National Hockey League, uh, you get as many critiques as you do compliments, and you know, the, uh, I know the knock on you all the time is that you weren't a very good skater. They said the same thing about Gretzky, and you guys both managed to fill the net. So I guess, I guess there's something to be said for having a nose for the cage. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, uh, and that's something you can't teach. You know, uh, you can't teach people anticipation, uh, being in the right place at the right time, hot percent. Uh, you can't teach that, but uh, they always say sometimes it doesn't matter how I want it takes you to get there as long as you get there and you do it, uh, the right thing with it. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. You know, and the one thing watching some of your highlights, Bernie, you know, there are some guys who will say, you watch all my goals. I'm within a five foot perimeter of the net or, you know, other guys, you know, score goals with a big slapper or whatever. But, uh, 
you seemed to score goals in every conceivable manner there was to, to be able to get one past the goaltender. Yeah, I, I was fortunate that way. I, I felt I had a decent shot. You know, obviously it wasn't the hardest shot in the league, but uh, I knew where to go on goalies breakaways I, I felt I was uh pretty good there too and just anywhere around the net I, I felt that uh I, I did have a sense for for the net and uh being in the right place at the right time and uh there's more ways and like you said I, I I know guys I play with Marcel Dion I don't think he ever slapped the puck it was all, always a wrist shot you know when you talk about Brett Hall or Liney it's the, that big one-timer you know and, and Ovechkin so uh, and then Gretz wasn't very good in the breakaway, but Mario was unbelievable in the breakaway. So, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to score. And, you know, some people are fortunate to be able to do a little bit of everything. And, and hopefully that's the category I was in. Bernie Nichols is joining us. Uh, he is uh, in Vegas. Uh, he will be in Winnipeg uh, tomorrow night on Friday night to be part of the St. Bonaventure Reals dinner, St. Bonaventure of the Manitoba Major Junior Hockey League. And, uh, Bernie, how many speaking engagements or how many charity hockey events are you involved in over the course of the year? Because the one thing, aside from your goal scoring and your celebrations, you were one of the most personality-driven guys of your era. We in the media always love to talk to Bernie Nichols. Well, I, I try to do a lot, and, and I do. I do uh, uh, six games back in Ontario, Hockey for the Homeless. I do uh, games for firefighters. I, I just finished Merrill Amuse Fantasy Camp about a month ago uh, in Pittsburgh, which was amazing. I did one in, in Nashville this year, Fantasy Camp. Uh, I got one for the Kings coming up here in uh, a couple weeks. Uh, hopefully I got one for the, the San Jose Sharks. I went to New York, uh, do one. I do a lot for the teams I played for, but I also do, you know, just games. Uh, where was I? I was just out. Out east, I did one. Uh, they they did a, a thing in, in Brockville. It was original six. It was Chicago this year. And uh, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing stuff for charity and trying to help people. And, uh, you know, I think as professional athletes, uh, we should be doing that. And, and I enjoy doing it. So as busy as you are, Bernie, do you get a chance to watch a lot of hockey these days? And uh, if you do, do you agree with the NHL GMs and and even I know Paul Maurice says this all the time, the head coach of the Jets, that uh, hockey is as entertaining right now as it has ever been. Oh, I agree 100%. These kids nowadays are so fast. I I went to a, a Knights game uh, the other day. They played uh, Florida, and I, I sat right behind the net, right on the glass. And it's, you know, it's easier. You used to watch it up in the press box or up a little higher, and you see it, and, it's easy as a former player to kind of uh, see how the play is going to develop, and it, it slows down for you up there. And, and I'm telling you, I was down there. That that It is so fast. Boys are physical. Um, I love the three-on-three. I can't wait for overtime. So uh, it is. It's entertaining. There's a lot of skilled players out there. And to me, it, it absolutely it's fun to watch, and, and I enjoy it. I, I watch a lot of hockey, still do, still enjoy watching it, and uh, looking forward to the playoffs, obviously. And I'll tell you what, Bernie, we are looking forward to having our uh, Q&A conversation with you tomorrow night at the dinner. Uh, we'll find out uh, about the Wayne Gretzky diet and why you loved it so much and uh, maybe even yeah. uh, have some fun with you on 
who your favorite all-time NHL coach was because he wanted you to ride the bike after games. So travel safe, and yeah. uh, and, and we'll look forward to that conversation tomorrow night. Well, I appreciate the call. You uh, bet. Anytime. Thank you. You bet. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, as we turn it back to Christian O'Malley of the Briar and Brandon, if you want to buy tickets to that dinner uh, to support the Reals and to also hear from Bernie Nichols, Cameron Craig is the guy to get in touch with. 204 510 4773. That's 204 510 4773. Welcome back to the CJW Sports Show in, Bri- in Briar. See, this is what happens. That's karma for you. In Brandon for the Briar. You make fun of someone for slipping up and then you slip up yourself. And there's the blooper. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs>